find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and left behind the baller. Yo, mic check, mic check. Yo, what's good, man? You are now tuned in to another episode of Behind the Baller. Uh, yeah, this is the official Ben Baller podcast. I am your host, Ben Yang. I'm fucking with y'all. This is Ben Baller. Not going to use the government. Not Ben Humble, but Ben Baller. And Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Um... For those of you who write checks and, you know, write the dates and shit on the, it takes like almost a month or longer for you to figure that shit out. You still be writing like 2019. But what you got to worry about, I got to say this off top, you should write the full date out because you don't want to write like 01, uh, 02, and then 20. Because what could happen legally or contractually, someone can add 19 on there or 18 or something and void something out so make sure you write 2020 just a word of advice you know what i'm saying so it's going to be some changes this year um with a lot of few a lot of things uh things that are going on in in my business um from vvs to if and co all the way through um but yo check it out man we have done 40 something episodes uh 40 plus something episodes and We've done different types of things, things I've never heard on podcasts. And it just was, you know, off the dome piece. And uh, some of my shows, obviously, with the the Ben Baller, the K Town Hustler series ones, I've I've written down. Um, you might not get K Town Hustler three or four until 2022. You know what I mean? Because it's just it is what it is. Um, I know a lot of you ask about having my wife on the show. I was thinking about getting her on early. Now that I think about it, I might hold off as long as possible, just because it's such a such a special thing because she doesn't speak at all she just doesn't she doesn't do interviews she doesn't talk um going on obviously my voice is back i'm still feeling a little bit under the weather uh so that last episode you got was a rare very rare flu games episode of behind the baller so yeah man it's it's a new decade um been seeing a lot of shit on the timeline obviously i threw the 20 year the 20 year challenge back and I think that fucked a lot of people up. The 10-year, you know, it's really ain't shit. 10-year, actually, though, 10 years ago, I was real skinny, you know. I was uh, about 45, 50 pounds lighter than I am right now, which is actually, it was unhealthy, unhealthy weight. I was like, you know, in the high 150s, low 160s, which is realistically, I should be walking around around 175. 180 is not bad either. But I'm 200. I might even be 205 in this bitch right now with the holiday food and stuff and everything. But yeah, man, the decade uh, is gone. I have said this many times. This is the best decade of my entire life, without any doubt. Even better so than, than when I said that, you know, growing up, um, the 70s to, to, to 80s or the 80s to 90s, um, 84 is when my parents uh, got divorced. Um, I went through a lot of adversity from, I would say, 83 to 90. No, 83 to like 88 is when, man, my life went through some shit. 
most of the almost my character was built at that time you know what i mean and then in the 90s you know there's some great eras like i said you know those that golden era but nothing can touch this decade whatsoever period all right go through some important dates man um february 25th 2012 when me and nicolette got married uh we began the dating january 2010 and uh shit it's 10 years right there um we began talking around december 2009 uh we got engaged february 2011 again february 25th 2012 is when we got married made it official um some very very big dates in this decade august 24th 2012 my son london asher yang was born and my life changed forever more so than all three kids i get it you know uh, all three kids i i don't favor either one i mean i play favorites at the moment all three kids get my individual love um well you know i have a baby girl so it's a little different you know you have to the the youngest and she's a girl you know she's gonna get a little more attention and different things and, and um when London was born, I don't think I cried at a funeral. Um, when my when my dad passed away, I don't I don't I don't I mean with Jonas, I don't think I cried as hard as 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 I did when London was born. It was, it was a surreal moment. Um, I have to say this truthfully. When you have a kid in your twenties, it's not that the it's 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 better or worse or certain things in your life and depending on where you are when you've gone through as many life experiences as i have remember at 25 i was doing shit that people in their 40s didn't do 35 done shit that people you know who've lived 150 didn't do i had my first child at 39 years of age and at 39 i had already lived seven eight lifetimes you know so to finally get what I really wanted in life was to finally, you know, have an offspring, pass the legacy on. Man, it, it hit different. You know, I, I could have had a kid when I was 20. I'm sure I must have got a bra pregnant when I was, you know, in my early 20s. Um, I don't have any kids lingering on out there. I see funny rumors and shit. I just don't address them. It's better not to address them at all. Just to, just people, it pisses them off and shit. People be like, don't you have a kid with this person? No, I don't, dog. But I'm not going to tell you in your comments or wherever it may be. When you usually see me reply, it's almost when I care the least. Um, it's hard to decipher with me, right? People think when I reply, I care the most. It's not necessarily the case. Um, when I care the most is when I don't say shit, really. Unless it's some legal shit and I got to talk about it. But when London was born August 24th, I won't forget, man. I wanted him to be born so bad on August 23rd. And he was born at midnight at, at 12.07 a.m. He was seven minutes away from being born on the same day as Kobe. And I wanted him to be born on the same day as Kobe so bad. All my kids were born on the 23rd day. Which we'll get into more. But, but Leonard was born the 24th. So I was like, you know, it works out. Kobe wore number 24. He's born on the 23rd, August. Um, my son was also born the year of the dragon. That was a big deal. Um, Ryder was born May 23rd. 2014 
He is a Gemini to the motherfucking 15 billionth degree. Um, Kai was born July 23rd, 2017. So yeah, like I said, you know, 23 is a significant number in, 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 in my kids' lives. Um, 24 is a significant number in my life because I wore 24 and 42 in high school. And uh, it's always just been, I've always been around twos and fours. So going on, um, those are super important dates in my life. And not even just like, but obviously in this decade, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, I can't really even begin to start with the fucking decade in review. How do I, how do I even begin? Like, um, IF and Co. started technically in 2005, but, you know, our glow up was all through then. But around 2013, shit just got like crazy. 12, 13, 14. And it got, every couple years, it got even crazier and crazier. And like 2016, it got like just um, like, like, it's just super crazy. Obviously, 2017, uh, Fergus' name, Ben Ball did the chain. That changed a lot of shit for me. In fact, I ended up trademarking the fucking Ben Ball did the chain uh, slogan in. I got into it with Ferg about it. It's funny. I'll talk about that another time. It, it's been an interesting week. Obviously, we had Christmas. I was sick as a motherfucker recording the shit in Seattle. We had, the, obviously, the loss. I'm still thinking about. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be salty. We just took it on the chin. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the comeback will be so much sweeter. But yeah, so this, the um, New Year's, had New Year's at my house about... uh. 40-something people here, all family, had almost 40 people stay in my house. And uh, I have to say, it is truly a blessing to be able to sleep 40 people in your home with nobody sleeping on the floor. Um, That's a big one right there, right? Um, Don't get me wrong, there's couch spaces and stuff, but, you know, my kids, there's four beds in their bedroom alone. I'm sorry, there's six beds in their rooms alone, and then, you know, they're just having guest bedrooms and things and everything, so got a lot of family here, I gotta give a big shout out to uh, Postmates for um, sponsoring the whole party for New Year's Eve and everything, we just kept it 100% family, nobody that wasn't related to us was not uh, present, and we had sushi, we had Postmates, we had fucking pizza aoki, we had all kinds of shit in this motherfucker, cheesecake, we had 1942 in this bitch, Don Perignon. We just did it big, man. All the kids had a lit time. Um, while I was in Seattle, my wife and all the kids in the family and their cousins were at Disneyland. I came back and uh, we got it popping. I let my cousins uh, drive the Ferrari GTC around. They never driven a Ferrari before. That was kind of cool. So yeah, it was just a light week. Um, ever since I've been back, I've always said just trying to get over the flu. So I got crazy phlegm and all kinds of shit. I'm starting to feel a little better. I got a massage this morning. We had a masseuse come over yesterday and today. Gave her over massages, 90-minute ones, not 60 minutes. And just, it's just um, been real chill. And I've been thinking about today's episode because today's episode is like something I've never done before, really, because we're going to review every single car that I've owned to date since my first car ever. But um, right before we get into that, um, I got to say, rest in peace, David Stern. Um, I don't know, as far as I can remember, you know, um, 
what's his name, Adam Silver. You know, I don't really like whatever. Like Adam Silver looks like motherfucking um, Slugworth from goddamn Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory. David Stern always been he's always been my NBA commissioner, like the dude I remember, and he's been around forever. And uh, rest in peace. And um, speaking of which, we lost a lot of people in this decade. Can't even get over that. That's crazy. Um, I lost my best friends in life in this decade. Um, one being Jonas Pavacqua. Rest in peace again, Jonas. And my close friend, Leo Donat, um, a.k.a. Q World Star, which we'll be celebrating his memorial to his death in a couple weeks from now. Um, so going on, we got the Seahawks, they're, uh, traveling to Philadelphia, we obviously play, play better on the road, um, I think we get Diggs back, not sure, but our team is looking real good right now, played like shit that first half, like I said, but we're looking good, we always play better on the road, shout out to the whole 12, all the 12s out there, shout out to the Seahawks organization, this is actually, um, an exciting thing, I was actually about to head out to Philly, but I made a promise that I would fly as least as possible. And with that being said, I'm already gone a shitload this month and I shouldn't be gone this much. But I'm trying to stay home a little bit more. And uh, so I'm not going to make it to Philadelphia. Um, I know the fans are ruthless. I know they, they savage. Listen, you have to understand one thing about me. I do not give a single motherfucker about none of that shit. You were talking to the motherfucking Liam Neeson of Koreans. Man, bro, I I just, I know all the energy, I know everything, right? If I'm just walking down for no reason, and I happen to be walking into, back to my seat, you know, in Philadelphia, and someone throws something at me, like it, like for real, for real, like a can or something like that's filled, or a bottle, or something like for real, or I just get hit out of nowhere, that's when I feel like, all right, listen, man, I wasn't born or destined to be a jeweler or be a dad or be anything else. At that point, everything redirects. Be like, all right, so this is what God wanted. He wanted me to take this because now I'm going to go to jail for the rest of my life because I'm going to find out who this person is. I'm going to spend every last resource, spend everything, spend time um, and go find this person and kill everyone they love and fuck their whole fucking shit up and embarrass them and ruin their whole fucking lives. That's where I'm at with energy. So that's where I know like people be like, oh, you ain't going to do shit, dog. Don't you think by now all the fucking shit that I talk, I'm always ready for whatever it may be. I'm always ready. So with all that said, I've never been pressed once. I'm not walking around like 6 9 with a bunch of security guards, you know. Got security at certain events and certain things. But most of the time, you see me strapped or you see me connect with people who don't play. So I'm never going to give somebody a reason just blatantly. Fuck this person. I want this person to die. For no reason unless it's been like something... For real, or they fuck with me first, right? I never, ever, ever, not ever will you ever see me throw the first punch. Never. So going on, um, we beat Philly once. Hopefully we take them out again. And then what happens is we go and play San Francisco, not this weekend as a game, next Saturday in San Francisco, or in Santa Clara, technically. Um... And I thought we'd play on Sunday, but we're not playing on Sunday. We're playing on Saturday. So what I was planning on doing is because I'll be in Texas on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. I was going to fly Sunday morning from Texas 
straight from Dallas and fly straight to fucking San Jose or San Francisco and go straight to the game and get right in the gang shit talking just just talking crazy shit repping you know what I'm saying heavy but we're playing San Francisco if we pass Philadelphia we play San Francisco on a Saturday which means I'm gonna be in Dallas watching the game on TV and I'm a little bummed out about it but at the same time I'm going to a very close friend of mine Ed's wedding Ed is my dog uh, he is now the acting CEO president of World Star Hip Hop and uh he took over Q spot. Um, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast. Not sure exactly when Q passed, they offered the presidency chair to me. And in these days and times, the climate of today, where the world is today, especially where the internet and hip hop is right now, having a Korean guy run a black website is just not going to go well. No matter what salary or anything, it wasn't a job I needed, and that is my family, and my son is a part of the uh, of the entire World Star family as well, eternally. Um, so am I. So obviously, yeah, I got my man Ed's wedding in in, in Texas and uh, Dallas, and I can't miss that. So I'll be in Dallas watching the motherfucking, uh, hopefully watching the the Niners and Seahawks round three, which is gonna be fucking a crazy battle. And uh, speaking of World Star, they were the largest social media engagement page in 2019 with an average of a billion a week in engagement or something like that. Ridiculous shit. So congrats to them. Um, anyway, so listen, man, there's just too much to go on and go forward with. We got this Jordan Belfort uh, interview coming up too very soon. Um, speaking of Jordan's uh, Jordan Winter, if this motherfucker, Jordan Belfort, literally prolongs this shit and delays and postpones this one more time, you're going to see me go aggro, just mega shit talking on, do I don't give a fuck how much money and how much shit he did, but come on, bro, you motherfuckers made a schedule with us. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into this lakey beat. And we gonna get into every motherfucking car I've ever owned. Alright man, so let's get right into it. Obviously, there's going to be a story with every car. Some cars have a longer story than the other. Um, my overall review about everything. This is off the dome piece. Um, I could have prepped for it. The only problem is that um, some of the interviews I have in the queue right now don't feel like dropping tomorrow. I feel like dropping this. And I, it, it will mean more if I just do this off the dome piece. So to be like authentic, it won't be like... I mean, don't get it wrong. Obviously, it'd probably be better if I did write it down and everything else. But then, fuck that. I got this solo dolo. So without, you know, any further, check it out, man. 1989, my 16th birthday. For a year and a half prior to that, me being a fucking super entitled piece of shit because I had felt like I had a fucked up childhood, you know, kicked out a bunch of schools, 
parents divorced, moving around city to city, um, changed six schools from sixth grade to, to high school, um, went to probably 20 schools overall, moved all across into different ta- parts of towns, um, got arrested several times, got obviously got involved in gang shit, um, disappointed my parents to, to the utmost. I blame them for a lot of it. Um, at the same time, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing until I was young, but I was conscious. I, I, I like being around gangsters and shit and being around that stuff. I just was attracted to that lifestyle going on. I really wanted a nice car. And at that exact moment in 1989, I was going to Beverly Hills High School and kids there were getting BMWs and Porsches and um, vintage Broncos with like crazy amount of work on them. Uh, Jeeps, just cool ass cars, F- Mustang convertible 5.0s, just dope ass shit, you know. And uh, it was my 16th birthday. I go to take the driver's license test and I passed. And um, one of the things I did want was I wanted a YSR 50. Always wanted a YSR 50, little 50cc, tiny mini- miniature looking like a an F1 race bike. And, um, yeah, I remember I was broke as a joke. I don't have any money. I didn't really, I didn't work at this time. My mom said if I were to get straight A's, she would do everything she could to get me a BMW. And at the time, right then and there, they dropped a 318. And a 318 was like the lowest priced um, three series. And it was like 18, 20 grand. I forgot what it was. But that was a lot of money at the time for my mom. Um, I had an older sister and older brother. They had hand-me-down cars. Just to have a car in general was, was a blessing. I took the bus all my life. So anyways, my grades weren't that great. Um, I got into college playing sports, obviously. Um, my SAT scores were okay. So in 1989, I got a Honda Accord. Um, it was new at the time. My mom got it for me. She uh, had bought it cash. She didn't want to deal with uh, any drama. And... Um, it was uh, like a metallic sky blue, like a metallic sky blue, and it was a sedan. And I remember kids at my school clowning me like, yo, dog, that's a fucking, that's like a, that's like an old man's car and whatever and blah, blah. And at the time, I was so influenced by what people said. Like I said, I was an entitled piece of shit. I was super bummed out. You know, I was hoping, I was like, damn, mom, you couldn't, you know, maybe got me like an Acura Integra or something or something like, you know, a little cooler or something. And um, she was fucking highly offended and she was really pissed off. And uh, she considered me taking the car back. Um, car is obviously super reliable. It drove good, smelled good. Um, it just wasn't a fly car or whatsoever. There was nothing I could think of to make the car really that cool back then. And... Um, it was at least, uh, I believe it might have been an SI. I forgot. It was, it wasn't the like the entry level version of the of the Accord. It was, it was semi decent. And um, what happened was, I got kicked out of school like a few months later. So they pulled the car from me. Plus, I wasn't. They didn't trust me driving the car at that time. Like legitimately having that and everything else. There was some other insurance issues, so I could drive the car on the weekends. Bottom line is, I didn't drive the car enough. It was a whole long motherfucking time ago. I'll never forget the car. And uh, yeah, I got kicked out of school and I'm going to Fairfax and uh, my parents weren't having that regardless. They just were like, nah, you ain't, 
you ain't about to have this. Then I got kicked out of school again, and obviously got moved up to the Bay Area, and that's why I was in school in Albany. So um, my mom, I think, sold the car and uh, was like, fuck you, you're not getting shit. So I'm in the Bay um, all through high school, uh, back in L.A., all through high school, no car. Everyone else has cars. Um, that was like a fucked up thing, right? Like, it's so much pressure when you when you when you're in your high school. Like, you know, kids, like, oh, you ain't got a car, whatever. Oh, you ain't cool. And other schools, you know, just have a car at all. Period. You know, but these were L.A. superficial schools, and you know, had some fucking stupid ass people who um were around me and uh, made me feel shitty about whatever. You know, having a Honda, and so um. I remember when I graduated high school, didn't have a car. And that was rare because a lot of my friends had cars. My relatives had cars. And my cousin had got an E90, um, an E30 M3. He had, you know, Cosmos Black, um, you know, that that dope-ass shit. He had BBSs on it. Uh, the real E30 M3, it was a big deal. I was, I was super jealous. Um, in fact, I was sick about it, you know, um, he got it like in 1991. It was just a fucking sick-ass car. This was literally a really big deal. Motherfuckers love that car now, but imagine in real time. I mean, it was a big deal. And He let me drove, you know, let me drive it. So that was, that was really cool, my cousin, to do that. And um, I envied him. His sister had a, a BMW 2 3 Series. I love driving that shit. The BMW 3 Series was just my shit back then. Like, if you were in Palm Springs back in the day, spring break and everything, and you had a, a Beamer, man, you were crushing the game. Like, anyways... In 1992, my sophomore year in college, um, my mom for Christmas got me a Honda Prelude, an SI, and it was a new model. Nobody had the car yet. It just came out. People barely seen it on the streets, and uh, I love this fucking car. It was my first motherfucking like real car like I really had. 1992 Honda Prelude. Um, I got into college, obviously did what they wanted me to do. Was playing ball, and uh, this was after I already transferred, and um, I transferred, and I'll never forget. It was uh, Christmas time. I'm at SF State now, and uh, I I live in the uh, apartments now, and I had this Honda, and this motherfucker to me was all that. It was just it was the dopest like sports car Honda made. It was an SI. It was fast. Uh, I had leather seats, which is like, that was a big deal to have leather seats in a Japanese car in the 80s or 90s. That was like a premium option, you know, that, that was rare. And, um, you know, I drove that motherfucker for, for years. Like, that motherfucker drove every, I just, if I didn't have a game or if the off season, I think every weekend almost, I drove home to LA. Friday night, boom, drove, did my homework, whatever, maybe on in, in LA, came back Sunday night. I was driving, I didn't get fucked. I love to drive. I would just drive all over the city, drive through Fisherman's Wharf, drive through the fucking Mission, drive through, you know, South San Francisco, Daly City, Pacifica. I drove all over the motherfucking place, this thing. Um, in the first year, I put 20,000 miles on this car, at least. I drove fucking everywhere in this thing. And then uh, when uh, I graduated college, it's fucked up, man. I came to LA and I had no money. So, my mom had already hit tough times. The L.A. riots had hit. She lost her business. 
she hadn't started a new business yet. She was just kind of just living off of savings that she had and trying to figure out what she was going to do next. And so I was embarrassed to ask her to pay for the insurance payment. And she was even 10 times more embarrassed the fact that I didn't ask her. So I ended up going to this, there was this group called Light of Shade of Brown. And they had some major billboard hits. Um, they had a song called On a Sunday Afternoon. These, this was a really big group from the SGV. Or they might have been from the IE actually. But Bobby and Bobby, rest in peace Bobby man. The younger Bobby is a, actually looks like he's younger. I think he might have been older. But he passed away in this decade a few years ago. Anyways, Light of Shade of Brown had a video shoot on Melrose between Wilton and Gower, right across from Paramount Studios. Might have been Raleigh Studios. I'll never forget because Mr. Cartoon was letting them use their his lowriders. Like, and um, I parked my car on Melrose. And this is the era when cars were being stolen like a motherfucker. And I didn't have the club on. If you know where the club was, the club was a, a steering wheel locking device. And um, I went to the video shoot, whatever, hung out, came back, and my car was gone. I was like, it couldn't have been towed. And it wasn't like, you know, there was a car in behind me and a car in front of me. Someone got to my car and stole it. So that was it. I was asked out. And uh, I, I was super depressed. I was super bummed out. And um, I was DJing for, you know, I was DJing at the time as well, straight out the box, you know. Um, working for Denzel, but I wasn't making a lot of money. I was making really, really, really super poco dinero, like very little money. And so told my mom what happened. They ended up finding the frame of the car. And then I found out, um, since we owned a car outright, I was able to sell the frame for a few G's. And then um, I went to one of these like little, little, little shops that they had, whatever, you know, car spot, used car lots. Right in Koreatown Olympic, and they had a 1990 Nissan Maxima, and uh, I always liked Nissan Maxima. I love that fucking car, especially that that 1980, 1990. That era was like, man, bro. I remember seeing that shit at the concerts and stuff. Seeing it going going to concerts, seeing the motherfuckers on Momos, and um, it was the car that they had uh, that they jacked in um, um, O Dog and Kane and jacked in Menace to Society. That black. Maxima, exact car. It was used, had a shitload of miles on it, had like 80,000 miles on it. I didn't give a fuck. Um, it's the best I could do. So I pushed that motherfucker around for um, quite a bit. In fact, when I got my job at Priority Records, I was driving that car. Uh, when I worked for Dr. Dre, I was driving that car. And um, it's, it's pretty funny because, you know, like, Part of when you out there trying to have an image and stuff, that ain't really the freshest car to have. But that Maxima, you know, it, it, it did its job. It did everything, I, you know, I needed it to do. It didn't have no beat or nothing like that. Oh, by the way, man, I forgot to rewind. Holy shit. Let me go back to that motherfucking Prelude. Uh, the 1992 Prelude, I went to this place called Custom Car Alarms in San Francisco. And um, I got a credit card. And I also got a job. Um working for Ticketmaster but the thing is I didn't get the job yet I got a verbal agreement from this guy saying he was gonna get me the job so supposedly for the job I was gonna make five six hundred bucks a week which you know I can you know I, I didn't have no bills so I got approved for an Amex and I went to custom car alarm and I got two motherfucking uh 
Rockford Fosgate's 12-inch subwoofers. I got amps. I got a fucking Nakamichi head unit pull-out system. Got all this shit put in a motherfucking prelude. Got all these parts I used on the credit card, and I couldn't pay it. And the motherfucker went to collection, and I lost mine. Just everything, man. I fucked up my credit and fucked everything up. and had beaten it, whatever. That motherfucking prelude had everything in it. I was so fucking sad when they stole that bitch. Going back to the Maxima, um, it was a total opposite. I had the stock radio. That motherfucker was, I didn't have money to put beating it. Me being a DJ, I had to keep my money on records and, you know, my, my, my turntables and shit like that. But things went well for me at uh, Priority Records. And in 1995, um, within like, you know, a year of working with all that, right before, well, right around the time we signed Jay-Z, when Jay-Z was doing the Dead Presidents video, he had the Lexus GS, the Bubble Eye GS, right? He had the Lexus GS 300, the Touring Edition. Shout out to my boy Big. Shout out to my man Dame Dash, um, OG Rock fam. And he had the car, and I was like, yo, shit was dope. And if you know anything about um, car designers and stuff, Pin and Farina, obviously famous for Ferrari, from the Testarossa to insane amounts of cars. Uh, Pin and Farina actually designed the Lexus 300, GS 300, and I fucking love that car. To this day, that car was just a great car. And in um, in 96, I was able to grab a 95. And that's when everything changed. Like, man, I was, the office, when I pulled up the Priority Records, man, the whole office knew I got a brand new, you know, Bubble Eye, Lexus, you know what I'm saying, GS 300. Shit was dope as fuck. Um, eventually, things started going well. Not with just Jay-Z alone, my compilations, everything else. Uh, I ended up getting a motherfucking... Yukon GMC Denali as well. That was a big fucking deal. Now, I had two sets of friends. I had my music industry friends. Then I had my Hollywood friends. Hollywood friends that were going out to all the clubs. Like, um, I was DJing all these big clubs with Brent Bolthouse and Josh Richmond and stuff. So, like, me, DJ AM, and, like, my boy Nick Adler. And these are, like, the people, like, all the cool people, the, the actors. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, uh, fucking, um, the fuck's his name, Rick Solomon. And just all these people. I had, like, two sets of friends. I had hip-hop people and then that. So, like, when I pulled up in the Yukon, they were like, oh, shit. Ben got the Denali. You know, the Lexus, let me go back. Uh, I remember going on dates with this shit. And girls would be like, yo, I was, man, girls were like, okay, this dude drive a Lexus. He got, you know, that was that was when Lexus was competing legitimately against Benz and BMW. And um, if you went to a Lexus dealership, they were literally Benzes and BMWs there. Like, nice Benzes and shit. They're training him in to get Lexuses. And uh, it was, I love that fucking car. Ten windows, the the wood grain interior, uh, just the, the, the fucking dashboard was so dope. I fucking love that car so much, man. It was such a dope-ass car. I had a dope ass. I was living in, in a house with Quincy Jones' daughter and uh, Quincy Jones's son's friend, Life, who just commented on one of my pictures, the 20-year challenge picture. And uh, we had this dope-ass crib right off Melrose, right in the hood, like right in the perfect part of Melrose Village. And um, I just thought I was a shit with that. Then eventually, obviously, I had the Yukon too. So that was a big deal. Uh, the Yukon was obviously a great car. It was my first SUV. It, I felt like a fucking, I felt like a real baller at that time. Um, remember seeing that shit in like Lost Boys videos and like, you know, like all the rappers had, you know, you were balling like out of control if you had a Denali. Even if you had just a regular Tahoe or Yukon, okay. But you had a Denali, like I had Denali, shit was super dope. I had rims on it. It was lifted. Um, that made me feel a certain type of way. I got an exhaust system on that bitch. I'll never forget that shit was fucking super tight. 
No sounds though. No sounds. Um, in uh, 1997, uh, Dre bought me a Ford Expedition. That was actually a really dope car too. I got rid of uh, the 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 Yukon. Still had the Lexus. Um, got the Expedition. He got all the dudes' Expeditions, producers and employees, and they got all the girls' Explorers. And um, Expedition was the first year. It took me a little getting used to because I wasn't really a big Ford dude, but car was dope. Uh, it was fun. It was cool. It was it was a it was a base model. It was dope. But um, there's not too much I need to say about that car. Uh, 1997. I got my first big check from from Dre. Got rid of my Lexus and bought a 1997 um, E36 BMW M3. I bought the sedan. I posted on my IG recently, and I remember this was a famous conversation where Dre said, "Hey man, I'm gonna give you this check. What you gonna do with the money?" I'm like, "Yeah, why are you asking me? Why are you pressing me? Like, fuck, man, you ain't pressing all the other people." And I was like. Because I was only Asian. He's like, yeah, you my Asian. You know, be smart. And um, I went to this place called JR's Jewelers. And I went and bought a Rolex that next day. Went to my cousin Steve. He put a diamond diamond bezel on that bitch. And uh, my cousin was already a jeweler at that time in 97. And then um, I went to Century West BMW. And I went and got an M3. And that motherfucker was Cosmos Black. That bitch was cold as a motherfucker. Um... I forgot what my cousin was driving at the time. Shit, what the fuck was he driving? I can't remember. He didn't have no fresh shit though. You know, this is his his old M3 had already been gone by then. So I had my new shit. Um I had that and a motherfucking uh an expedition and that was shit, man. Everything to me. I had motherfucking Hamon wheels on it, had springs, had AC Snitcher kit on that bitch, had full system, had the Alpine pull out television, the first one ever. Um, had diamond audio in that motherfucker. That shit was super fresh. That motherfucking car was off the chain, man. That shit was super dope. Car drove fast as fuck. I remember um, that was the first car I like got nasty with in the in the canyons. Um, it sounded good. I had an HKS exhaust. Um, it was fast. I I remember going like you know 150 in that car, and I felt like that was like everything to me. That car definitely. I think I put about 40,000 miles in that car. I fucking love that car. Until in 1999, I traded in and got a BMW 540. It was the E39. It was the first year of that E39. And the 540 was the V8. It was the the dope 5 series. Uh, black, of course. I threw some 19-inch fucking Hamans on that bitch. Had that bitch lowered at 2 as well. Um... Forgot I forgot a sound system. That wasn't as sporty, but it was like mid-level luxurious. Like I stepped up from the M3 to that. That was like a that was a that was a flex, and uh, had the 540. By the way, my boy Rob Wang, who's over at Platinum, he was over at a spot called Daz Motorsport, and uh, yeah, that 540 was lit. That shit was beautiful, man. They had it on their little website or their their pages, and with uh, these are photo photo um not website. What the fuck am I talking about? They had a uh, photo albums of cars they did and shit, and uh, that car was a shit, man. I love that car. Again, crazy pussy magnets having a, having a five series BMW. That shit definitely was a was a big deal. Um, when I got my '97 M3, I started taking uh, race car courses at uh, Bob Bondurant, and I was at Willow Springs, and uh, that's where I really started to, to get to 
nice with 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 driving and shit. Like you know, like I did some crazy ass driving in that car, and uh, that's when I started getting really nice the manual transmission. Obviously, when I got my five forty, it was the um, it had the um, the e gear. I forgot how the fuck it was, or not e gear. What the fuck was it? Um, it had the the transmission, but it was through the shifter. It was automatic though. It was dope. Um, two thousand. I got the first Escalade. It was the first SUV that that Cadillac made. I'll never forget. I got that bitch at a, a Westlake Thousand Oaks Cadillac. I forgot what my man's name was, but he got me the car, and it fucking had it had twenty inch wheels on it. It had six TVs in that bitch. There's a TV in the monitor in, in the dash. There was I'm sorry, five monitors. There was two monitors behind the headrest, and then two monitors on the the visors. This was like a super fucking flex. Then I took it to traffic jams in Encino, California. My man Frank put four twelves in that bitch. I had like two thousand watt hyphonic amps in that motherfucker. I had at least twelve. No. 16 speakers in that motherfucker. That bitch had full, full slap in it. Stereo was crazy. I fucking love that car. That car, it also had a VHS in it, had a PlayStation. So we would we would we would drive to Santa Barbara often in that car, smash out. Uh anytime we go into parties in the house, um, house parties in the hills, we would pull up and escalate, man. It was it was so dope having that car. This was during the 310 era too. So, you know, we was it was out there clowning. Um, at this time, the exact moment, I was a D-boy. I was flipping packs, heavy, 500 P's a week all through, you know, overstate, across, you know, Atlanta, Virginia. But most of it went to Ohio. Um, and then I did the next level, just ignorant shit. And I was a DJ still. So I'm DJing all the hot parties. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm moving packs. I'm, I'm flipping weight. We're filming that movie, fucking uh, Cake, that I was in, that I uh, produced, and basically is based on a true story of my life, and my cousin and my boy Chance, who's locked up right now, and uh, I ended up going to Rusnak Porsche, and I got a 2001 911 Carrera C4S, and this motherfucker was so dope, bro. I had this fucking, uh, it was my first Porsche, it drove incredibly, the smell, everything, it was blue, Motherfucker was so lit. Had mesh wheels on it. It just, uh, it was the nicest car I've ever had. It was like, I felt like, okay, now I'm really, I really made it. I got a $100,000 whip. And um, it was like a different level of, of this was like that classy, dope shit. And um, it was faster than the M3. It was just, this was like the real level of of balling to me. This was like a, this was a dope. By the way, we're not even getting into any exotics yet. We're going we're gonna to go through all my regular cars first, then we'll get into exotics totally separately. Um, but yeah, no, I got the 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 career, and I had it for a couple months. And then on the first week of shooting cake, I'm at the corner of Sunset Boulevard and Crescent Heights, and I get rear-ended by a fucking production truck, like a big-ass production truck. Rear-ends the fuck out of my car. Here comes a slight Forrest Gump story. Porsche is totaled. I can't think of who the fuck to call. This is the second car accident I've been in. Got a car accident in that prelude I had. And, um, you know, no big deal. Call some of the homies from high school. 
And one of the guys I went to high school with became an attorney and was doing car accident cases. The funny thing is, if you live in Los Angeles right now, if you live anywhere in, the, in, in Los Angeles and you've been all through LA, then you'll see these gigantic posters of a dude named Jacob and Ronnie. Jacob and Ronnie, attorney at law, injury attorney, whatever, blah, blah. I went to high school with this fucking clown. Dude was the biggest scumbag in the fucking world. Represented me in this fucking case on that car accident. Screwed me over on some shit on the car regardless. But it was just funny. He was my attorney on that case. I went to high school with this dude along with, I went to high school with a bunch of people. I've talked about this already. But he represented me on the on the case. Um, I didn't make a payment on the car. And uh, the car took like, you know, a few months to fix. So with Porsche, they only let you make one missed 30-day payment and they repo the car. They couldn't repossess the car because the car was getting fixed. Then there was like a total loss. There was all kinds of shit going on. There was all kinds of issues. Uh, it fucked my credit up. But anyways, yeah, that car was was toast. Um, I had to get some bread from the settlement, but that was on me. And uh, I decided to get rid of my, my um, Escalade and use some of the money for the settlement. And I went big boy status. I got the S-Class, the new body S-Class, 2001 S500. Had the full Lorenzo kit, Lorenzo wheels, 310 motoring. This was the most clowning motherfucking car that you could ever think of. This bitch was hitting heavy. This shit right here, this is when, this was the Megan Good era. Um, I was I was actually serious in a serious relationship with, with the model at the time. I've talked about, uh, I, I was at the top of the world at this point. I remember this was me and, me and Gabrielle Union reconnected really heavy. I was really tight with her husband. And just our crew was unfadeable. I, had to, I was Hitman's DJ, you know, pulling up in motherfucking Mercedes. Straight, hot boy style, like straight cash money. You know, 310 motoring plates was just high signing all, all through the city. Man, I missed that fucking, that Benz was something else. I pulled up places and people didn't know, like people took pictures of that car. That was a big fucking deal. Now, I went, um, forgot to mention, uh, during that 540 times when, when uh, I went broke, flat broke. So before the Porsche and Escalade, I went flat fucking motherfucking broke. Moving with my sister and um, um, that's what got me to, to, to start pushing more drugs, more weight and flip more packs. And then um, around 2002, people start getting busted left and right. I remember we lost all our papers, so we was taking L's left and right here and there. And so I had to lay low a little bit. So, you know, got rid of the, the, the S500. I was heartbroken because that motherfucker was like, meant everything to me. And uh, the new body Lexus GS430 came up, and that motherfucker was hard as hell. And my boy Jay at Elite, uh, Elite was an was a auto brokerage. They uh they're they they're they're, they're um, brokers for cars, and um, I got a fucking Lexus GS430, and that motherfucker was cold, and uh, I had some fucking loan hearts on that bitch. <sighs> motherfucker was lit, dog. I had a sick ass fucking HKS exhaust in my car, and uh, you know the movie Belly had came out, and they had the, the Lexus GS430 
Actually, they had a GS300 that might have been a 430. Actually, I don't know. Didn't have the, the wing though. This had this was a fully loaded GS430. It wasn't the S550, but this shit was hard as fuck. And uh, I had that. And then uh, I had some TVs in that bitch too. Drove that for a little bit. In 2002, I also got a, a Ford F150 Harley Davidson edition. Threw some 22 inch rims on it. That was a 310 car as well that I had done by them. Um, Ford F-150 was dope. I took it to this one spot. I forgot what the fuck it was called. These white boys in Chatsworth, they had fucking crazy, crazy, uh, they were dope, man. They knew how to work on superchargers and stuff. That F-150 had a supercharger. I actually wanted a Lightning, an SVT Lightning, but, uh, I don't know what the fuck happened. And again, the Harley Davidson. And, uh, I ended up taking it to get the pulleys changed, and upgraded supercharged, and this dude added like a 100 horsepower on my car and exhaust. It was fucking super fast this fucking car was so fast i actually i actually really fuck with that harley davidson um truck it was dope um again i didn't have the s-class type of money um got rid of the truck got rid of the lexus yeah in 2003 i got a mercedes-benz e500 it was the first time the e-class i think had the fight yeah they, they had an e55 on the prior models i think or actually, no, nah, they had a E420. So the E500, this was the first time they did a 500 in the E-Class. And uh, this was the uh, first time they threw air suspension in there. This was all modernized. Uh, like I said, I had like one of the first 2003. I had the first E-Class Benz out. I thought I was the shit. Um, I had that bitch slammed. I had some Lauren Hearts on that motherfucker too. Some 20s. Motherfucker was slammed. That bitch drove so good, man. That Benz drove so nice. Anywhere I pulled up, that car was a stunner. Like that car, people looked at me and were like, yo, that, that car was dope. I loved that that E-Class. In fact, I love the motherfucker just as much as I love the S-Class almost. And um, smooth, it was fast. It had, um, it just it just had everything, man. Shit was super dope. In uh, 2004, though, I had to step my game back. I finally got all my shit back. Um, I was flipping kicks. Obviously, in 2004 is when I became a millionaire for the first time. Sold all my shoes. Right before that, I was kind of pre-gaming. Not pre-gaming. I was pre-selling a lot of shoes as well. And I picked up the new body 745. They used to call it a quarter to eight. Um, and I had 745 Li, which is the extended version, right? I had a two, 745, and I had these... Uh, God damn, what the fuck were the wheels called, man? They were starting with a C. But it was like a 310 motoring type of brand. I remember I got the wheels from Globe Auto Sports on La Cienega in Washington. But I had an all-white 2004 BMW 745. And uh, I got it from DJ Homicide. Homicide didn't want to drive the car no more. He always had the freshest whips. Talk about, yo, Homicide had crazy whips. And he was the one who got me started on it. And then, um, obviously, that was the year about my first Ferrari. But we'll get into that later. Or shit, I should have just did all the same car. You know what, though? No big deal. So anyways, um, I had developed, obviously I got some paper, um, connected with a lot of NBA players. Chris Mills is one of them. He introduced me to a lot of people in the car game. Um, one of them being uh, Andy Cohen. Uh, rest in peace, Andy Cohen. Andy owned a company called Beverly Hills Motor Accessories. This was a company I looked at in the early 80s, and they're on Robertson right there in Charlottesville and Robertson. There's, this was such a famous company. Anybody who had Ferraris and Benz or anything, or was a car enthusiast in the 80s, you remember Beverly Hills Auto Accessories. It was such a big fucking deal. And Andy was 
the the founder and owner of that. And he also owned a lot of crazy exotic cars. He had a car, exotic car dealership on Robertson, which is now Pagani, Beverly Hills. Uh, and he passed away a few months ago. Rest in peace. He did the Sunday car shows in Paradise Cove. They're still going on as we speak now. Um, in fact, one's going on this Sunday, January 5th. Uh, might have to pull up. Um, what was I going on? So anyways, yeah, I met some people. And uh, with this said, um, this is when I started one of the businesses. And I was able to acquire a few cars through people who needed hard cash at the time. And they were NBA players who I won't mention. But they didn't have money. They They, they signed a short contract and then got fucked over because... They um, couldn't afford to keep up the payments on the cars. So during this two-year span, I was able to pick up a 2005 Rolls-Royce Phantom, which you guys remember seeing on my MySpace. And goddamn, man, uh, this is crazy, man. I had a Bentley GT and a Bentley Flying Spur, and I had the Rolls-Royce Phantom. I didn't drive them personally because what I did was I set up, which you can't do now, but I set up a word-of-mouth rental car service for these cars, and I was renting the Phantom out for three bands a day, renting the Bentley out for two grand a day, renting the other Bentley out for two grand a day, and the thing was, I bought these cars for dirt cheap, right? So if you do the math, I rented the Phantom out to some D-boys, and they rented the car out for a month at a time, for three or four months straight, the car was rented out. So you do the math. 3,000 times 30 is 90 grand, right? Just the Phantom alone rented out for four months straight. That's 360 grand. The car was already paid off. The car was 100% profit. So at that point, I rented the car out for three years straight. Just it was There was never two weeks where the car wasn't uh, sitting for more than two weeks. And the Bentley GT I had for about a year and a half was renting that out. Paid that off. Um, got that for dirt cheap. Same with the Flying Spur. And um, it was funny because I liked the Flying Spur more than I liked the, 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 the Coupe. And back in the day, you know, if you ask me, I'm obviously more of a of a Coupe dude than a sedan dude. But when it came to the Bentley, man, the Flying Spur was just, I love that fucking car. And uh, I had some 22s on that bitch. The Bentley was straight stock. Um, I drove the Bentley Flying Spur when I could. But my daily driver at the time was a 2006 BMW 650i. And the 650i was was amazing. It was such a great fucking car at the time. Um, I see some around now still. But uh, I remember when the, M5, when the M6 came out, that was like, psh, that, that was crazy. But I was going through like a weird time. Um, a lot of my money was in jewelry. I didn't have excess cash. All my other money was going into the, the Rolls Royces, everything else, my rental car stuff. And... Um, I think, no, nah, my, my, my 7 Series was the first car that, that Platinum touched. But this this uh, 06 650i did the full blackout kit. It was silver. It drove. It was dope, man. This car was fast as fuck. I put some 22-inch Asantis on there. Uh, crazy thing is I got the Asantis from my boy alone. Rest in peace, Soul Rebel. Soul Rebel. He had a 6 Series as well, and he had some Asantis on him. And, and um, when he had passed away, his pops gave me the wheels. Like, yo, yeah, man. And it was dope because it was like, you know, it's my boy, it's my predecessor, it's my, it's my one of my protégés. And so I had that. Um, 
BMW Super Smooth 6 Series was dope. Sound system was dope. Um, I was heavy BMW dude at the time. Uh, 2007, I copped for the fuck of it. I copped a Dodge Charger SRT8. Uh, I put 24-inch Asantis on that bitch. Um, that motherfucker was, I just, it was a hood hood move. I, it was such a super hood car, but I liked it. It was 700 a month. It was super cheap. I just had that bitch just for whatever and drove it around. It was, uh, for what it was for an American car, it was cool. But uh, I didn't have it for a long time. I had it for less than a year. But but uh, it was fun. It was fast, but it was it it handled like shit. And obviously, I was on twenty fours. It, it you know it was big wheels, but um, it was all right. You know, definitely definitely not anything special. In 08, I picked up a M five, and uh, this is the E sixty, and this was one of my favorite cars of all my life. And it was you know V ten, um, had the full fucking Hargy body kit, had a, a Getro twenty twos. Had the fucking full Eisenman exhaust on this motherfucker. Straight pipe. Uh, it was chipped. This was my favorite, literally my favorite cars ever. It had the the seats that that hugged you. They automatically move when you turned. Um, you know, the M5 had the fucking... This is when they made the M5 fast as fuck. Where you felt that G-Force boost. Like that Tesla P100 speed boost. And this car was fucking sick, man. I love this car. It was white. Um, it's fully loaded. It was just, it sounded incredible. It looked great. I love this thing. I went to Beamer Fest in it. And um, I had that car for about two years. Uh, what else, man? Oh, yeah. In late 08, I picked up an Audi R8. And it's not an exotic car. That's why it's on this list. And I f- fucking love that car. It was, it was, it was super, it was one of a kind. It was an Iron Man car. Nobody had one. Um, it was white as well. I had some HREs on it. Didn't have an exhaust because exhaust wasn't ready for it yet. And I drove that motherfucker. But I will say this. There were so many fucking problems with that car. It was crazy. That R8 had issues up the fucking ass. That motherfucker was fun and fast, but it wasn't that fast. It was in that exact car that I was on the 73 Toll Highway in Orange County. And I raced a ZR1 and he made me look like such a fucking clown. It was like I was literally parked in a parking lot and the dude just took off on me. It was crazy. Uh, in 09, I picked up, uh, it was late 09, it was 2010. I got a BMW 760, the V12 version of the 77 series, the new body. Um, loved that car. Had 2200 Gedros on that as well. Slammed. That thing was real luxurious. It had so much space in the back. Had the monitors in the back. That would have been a really good family car if I still had it right now. Um, I remember Nicolette used to drive it once in a while. Loved that car a lot. The car was really, really smooth. Again, don't have anything really bad to say about that car. It was it was fast enough. Uh, it was a damn. It was a good car, man. I, and now I think about it, I had that fucking car for quite a long time because when I was hanging out Floyd Mayweather, I had that car. So that's some crazy ass shit. I don't I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Um, in 2010, I picked up a Bentley Flying Spur Speed, and, uh, I love that fucking car, obviously, it was a Speed Edition, um, four-seater, uh, this was the car that London was born in, he had that motherfucker, well, he was born in for a little bit, soon right after I got a, a Ghost, but yeah, um, 
Flying Spur was 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 again was super dope, luxurious. I love the car. I already had an 06. They kind of did some refreshes on it. It was uh what else can I really say? It was a Bentley. I loved it. I got it wrapped matte black and then after that uh I traded it in for a 2012 Rolls-Royce Ghost. When I got the Ghost, the thing about the Phantom is this. Every time I drove the Phantom around, me and Jonas ride around, it felt stupid being in it. But being driven in the Phantom is dope. To this day, if you're driven in a Phantom, it's dope. But driving in it, driving it, it's, it's silly. Even if you have kids, whatever. At this car, you have to be driven in a Phantom. It's just, I don't know what it is. The, the, the Phantom didn't do it for me. But the Ghost was like the perfect medium. Ghost was so fucking dope, man. I murdered it out eventually. Had a Getros on that car. Platinum Motorsport. You already know the PML Touch. Um, this was when people were just, you know, you couldn't just get a fucking deal on a Ghost. It wasn't until like around 2014 or 15 when everyone they fucking mama had a ghost. They were doing lease deals for like $3,000 a month. It was just crazy. But had that ghost, loved that motherfucker. And people thought that I got the ghost from Nick Diamond. And that's not the case at all whatsoever. Uh, I don't want to drive it anymore. So Nick took over the payments. And um, I actually put the down payment on the car, which was like 70 bands. But no, that, that, the Ghost was fucking amazing. Also in 2012, I picked up a Toyota Prius. And this was my first and only Prius. And let me tell you something. I love that fucking car. My wife drove it a lot. But it was so subtle. It um, had a sunroof. It had uh, it was a fully loaded edition. And I could, do, I could go anywhere in that fucking Prius. No one would ever see me in it. No one ever fuck with me. If I was transporting a million dollars in jewelry, it was it was actually really cool, man. I remember when I was go picking up a Rolex in San Diego, I drove the Prius there because the Prius was loud in the carpool lane. And uh, the only thing that sucked about having a black Prius was when you drive um, the car into a valet in LA, there's 5,000 people driving Priuses because Leonardo DiCaprio had, had one. Anyone cool in Hollywood was, everyone was driving to Priuses. Larry David had one. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, no, I love that Prius. And we, we we just did a lease on that car. I didn't buy that one. Did a three-year lease and we drove that bitch till, till the lease ended. Um, in 2014, I got Nicolette, a Maserati Quattroporte GTS. GTS was the highest edition. It was like their luxury, the most luxury, but at the same time, their most sport edition car. And ever since the prior model, Quattroporte GTS, I was fucking, I just love the Maserati. What a fucking piece of shit car. When it drove good, it drove good. But this car was, it. I love the interior. I love the way they built it. They really built a Ferrari style sedan and it had just enough luxury. It was dope. I had it slammed. Uh, car had 21s on it. But when the car had issues, it had fucking issues like a motherfucker. It just, I, I had that car for like seven, eight months. I couldn't fuck with it. And so we got rid of it. Um, I ended up getting my wife a 2014 M5. And M5 was dope. It was super fast. Um, at this point, I don't think she really cared for it very much. Even though M5 for a girl is fucking super, super fucking dope. It just didn't, I don't know, man. But, you know, Nicolette didn't, she never complained. Um she was cool with it. She didn't give a fuck. Uh, she she pushed it, and um, London and Ryder were in that car. And um, in 2014, Platinum Motorsport did a collaboration with Bentley. 
they did a five uh, edition five of a Bentley Flying Spur Platinum Edition, and they were black. They had a body kit, carbon fiber body kit. They had fridge in it, all red interior, all different type of accents. Every little piece of the interior was done bespoke by Jack and the guys from Platinum. I mean, from from Bentley, and they went to London and everything to choose everything out. I ended up getting one of them. Meek Mill got one. Saudi Prince got one. Uh, Dan Bilzerian got one. I'm sorry, it was four of them, not five. And uh, I drove that motherfucker for a minute. That bitch was fucking mean as shit. Drove super good. Best sedan. When it came down to that or S-Class, obviously you can't compare. It's just so much nicer. Had all the bells and whistles. Had the monitors. Had the fucking, the the the, the tables in the back. It was just super dope. Um 2014, I got Nicolette uh, Range Rover Autobiography, and she loved that car. To this day, it's probably her favorite fucking car in the world. Um, did the all blackout kit, obviously Platinum Motorsport. Um, 2015, I got a Mercedes G-Wagon. I finally got a G-Wagon after everyone's talking about, oh, they finally made the G-Wagon doper. You know, all the years prior to 2014, the G-Wagon drove like shit, G55. G500, whatever the fuck it was, they all drove like shit. Looked amazing. They never changed the body style for nothing. Finally, in 2014, the G63 drove better. Let me tell you something. That car still drove like ass, but it looked fucking great. Um, did the blackout kit. You know, motherfucker was hard as fuck. 2015 joint. But I had the car for, I forgot how long. Crazy story. I parked the car at LAX, Terminal 3, and the car was fucking stolen. <laughs> like, you don't steal cars after like, like at a certain, like 2012, like just, you don't get money for cars anymore like that. You know what I'm saying? You can't steal cars like that. Anyways, I guess they use it for parts, whatever, but it was, it was my daily driver. I fucking love that car. It drove like shit, but still loved it. And uh, yeah, so they they stole that G63 out of the fucking parking lot LAX. And I went to this place called Jake's Motor Cars in uh, San Diego. And I saw this S65 Coupe 2015. This motherfucker was so hard body. It had low ass miles. It had like 3,000 miles on it. I I need to go buy this bitch. And I remember I went down there, drove down there. Um, Oh no, I'm sorry. I paid my assistant Sean to drive me down there. Picked up the car, took that bitch right to Platinum, got it blacked out. And then I remember this was the first time I fucked with Bowden. Bowden did an exhaust system for the car, straight piped it, uh, tuned it, twin turbo, fucking like 800 horsepower, S65. This bitch was mean. It was a V12, all blacked out. Ended up doing some 22-inch Getros on that motherfucker too. That bitch was mean as a motherfucker. I actually love that car. Super smooth, all glass roof. Car was super lit. That was a really, really, really nice car. If it came between an S65 Coupe or a Bentley Continental GT, I'd definitely take the 65 Coupe over that all day long. Car was super dope. Fast as shit, had balls. Um, didn't have a lot of uh, handling, but for as heavy as the car was, it did its thing. Um, in 2016, I got the new body BMW uh, X5M and... I did everything to this fucking car. Shout out to my boy Ilya, who was working with, um, fuck man, what were they called, man? Chicago. God damn it, I'm so, I feel so bad. 
he had a huge fucking BMW accessory company. Can't remember what the fucking name was, but they're also one of the biggest distributors for Eisenman. And I had a full Eisenman exhaust. I had Harky parts. I had fucking body kit. I had lip side skirts, rear diffuser, uh, roof spoiler. Had fucking coilover suspension on that bitch. Had everything. Interior accessories. Had carbon fiber everywhere. This X5M was one of the loudest fucking cars. It was all over fucking Instagram. It was dope as fuck. It handled fucking amazing. The car just drove super sick. I ended up giving the car to, to my, my cousin James. He hated it. Ended up giving it to our employee, Ken, who's fucking obviously mentally retarded. He fucked up the car a little bit. So I haven't taken the car back. And I sold the car to uh, to um, Eurocar OC. And uh, I picked up a Ferrari FF. We'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, so... Um, the X5M was was definitely a dope ass car. Panoramic roof had every single fucking option in the possible. It had it was fast as shit. It was a great car. I just I think I got I outgrew BMWs and shit like that. It just was weird. Um, 2017, we bought a Cadillac Escalade Platinum Edition because we we're having a third child. And the funny thing was, by the time we had the third child, we had got rid of the car. Just could not drive the Escalade. It just getting into that third row fucking sucks, period. Um, if you want to be cool, yeah, cool, get SUV, get a Yukon or a Tahoe or Escalade because it has a third row seating. But if you want to be cool, you do that. But if you want to be practical, you get a minivan, period. You can't even fucking compare. You can't compete, period. The only thing is obviously the Escalade has more, a little more luxury and it has obviously more power. Other than that, getting somebody in that third row fucking sucks. Also, the... Cargo space sucks when you have a family of five. It's just not the same, especially if you're going to travel with six or seven. Not going to work. Got rid of that. Uh, ended up getting a 2017 Tesla Model X P100D. I got the six-seater. Um, one, two, three. No, we got the seven-seater. Sorry. I ended up getting the seven-seat option on the car. I won't lie to you. When I got this car, I fucking fell in love with it. The reason why I fell in love with this car was because my business partner, Mike, who is my partner in uh, in VVS. He is an enormous weed mogul. He is a true mogul in the cannabis game. Um, he had a P90D. I remember getting in the car and I was like, yo, are you fucking kidding me? This car is this fucking fast. I got to get one. So I searched every fucking where to find one. Finally found a black on black P100D. Um, ended up picking it up. They had this celebrity program. I got a discount on it. Um, Getting into the rear back seats wasn't fun, but the kids are back there. So they're safe back there. The car is obviously super safe for them and um, love the car. Charging it sucked. Um, you didn't get a lot. You don't stop it and try to charge for a long time. If you had a supercharger, you know, it's just like, it definitely inconvenience. Yeah, you don't know, say it's, oh, it's good for the for the economy, whatever. Um, for the ecosystem, I'm sorry, for the, for the earth. But as you know, um, over a year ago, during my wife's and my brother-in-law's birthday party, because their birthday is two days apart, I got stuck in my Tesla Model X in real time, videotaped it. Doors wouldn't open. Windows would not go down. Nothing. Couldn't get out of the car. I used both legs. And this is talking about, you're talking about a dude, no matter how old I am, how washed up I am. I used to squat, you know what I'm saying, four plates like it ain't shit. Um, I could leg press a thousand pounds. I was a strong dude. I played college football. I kicked 
the window as hard as I motherfucking could. The passenger driver, the passenger side, just bowed. Couldn't get to the back seat for all you stupid, dumb, motherfucking idiots. I address this shit now. If any of them ever wanted to refer to this, it would be archived forever in this in this podcast. I had three baby seats going across the back seats, two regular baby seats, and then one reverse baby seat in the middle. So there's no getting into the back to get to the fucking under the speaker, whatever it may be. Nobody carries a fucking tactical fucking knife. If I asked 13 million people who drive, okay, in America, I bet you less than a thousand. So that's less than point zero 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 one percent. It's it's not even it's a it's a fucking fraction of one percent would say they'd have one of those tactical blades that break the windows. So eventually, after sliding through for 47 minutes, I got to the fucking trunk, was able to fucking hit the emergency thing. But being stuck in that car, that car was gone. Obviously, um, I owed like $67,000 on the car. Tesla wiped the bill, took the car back, had a little equity after that, whatever, and got my money and we don't even talk about it no more. But because of that incident, uh, Elon fucking uh, canceled my meeting with him. It's fucking hilarious. Um, this year, just this, this in the last 12 months, I bought my wife a 2019 Range Rover Autobiography Supercharged. Um, this is the top of the line Range Rover they make. It is fucking gorgeous. They did a they did a light refresh, um, headlights. They did an entire interior change, and um, it is at platinum right now as we speak. Getting a blackout kit and we're gonna put some spacers on it. Whole cars gonna be murdered out. Um, did that for my wife. Car is fucking amazing. It is the best SUV. It's the best luxury SUV you can get. And now, again, this don't seat seven. This is for five. And to tell you the truth, I don't like driving five in this car, but, you know, whatever. It's it's luxurious. My wife won't drive the fucking Chrysler. And that's when we get into... Had a lot of power. Car drives fucking amazing. It is literally the best luxury SUV out there, period. The Cullinan is really nice. It is not as practical, but the Range Rover Autobiography is, is amazing. And again, you can get three Range Rover Autobiographies for the price of a fucking uh, Cullinan. So... You can't really compare. Um, the 2019 Chrysler Pacifica S-Line. A lot of people think I did a ton of the car, and I did a little bit, but the S-Line means it comes with the shadow line blackout package already. It comes murdered out. Black wheels, black trim, black grill, black everything. Um, I love this fucking car. Don't know who needs to hear this. I really, truly love this minivan. It is washed up as it gets. I have the captain seating in the back. It seats seven very comfortably. No issues or nothing. There is a ton of storage room. Um, if I want, I can make the two rear captain's chairs disappear completely. So I just have an open bed area and have three seats back there. Or I can make the entire, all five seating disappear. And it's just like fucking cargo. But there's so much space. I got panoramic roof. I have an insane, perfect car stereo system in there. It has like seven or eight car outlets on there. It has DC power for like actual plugs in two locations. Um, the captain's chairs in the rear recline. Even the back bench reclines. You can choose what side you want to recline. Again, luggage space out of control. We just took this shit to the Bay Area. We tested it out. 11 and at 11 hour and 20 minute nightmare fucking disaster drive car packed to the gills with presents luggage everything and it still drove like tits it's perfect fucking love that chrysler pacifica minivan i'm going to fucking buy it 
outright and just fucking have it just to have. Don't give a fuck if new models come out. Maybe I'll grab that too, but it's just a dope-ass car to have. Um, that is if my regular cars, I need to add that I did have a 1969 Chevy Chevelle, right, SS, that just sat in my mom's house and um, never did shit with it. I had a 64 Chevy Impala that was a project I was going to do something with 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 the cartoon and everything else and put hydros and everything. Never got to it. And then me and Mark Arsenal, a.k.a. Fat Lace, um, I had a 1990 E30 Vert. I had a BMW 325E convertible that I was going to fucking turn around and make it just sick and throw on some BBSs and slam it the whole nine. Never got around to any of that. So now you know. Those are all the normal cars, you know, luxury, whatever. Those are all the cars that I've owned that weren't exotics. We're going to come back and get into the exotics because those are going to be a little more in detail. But this has been fun talking about this shit, speaking of beats and everything like that. You already know, Lakey. Yo, Lake, happy new year, bro. Yeah, man, that beat is kind of, yeah, put me in a better mood already. Appreciate the Dust Brothers. You know what I'm saying? Dust Brothers always on point. And, uh, just on cue, you know, they throw that lakey beat on there. So we'll be right back with the exotics. right into it exotic cars um in 2004 uh april may i uh sold my entire sneaker collection on ebay um after it was all said and done with the ebay sales and the sales i did to tokyo and then some to a couple private private collectors mostly to a um mr um frisbee who uh kicked in just over two mil I got, uh, you know, close to $3 million off my entire collection. And uh, I went straight to Beverly Hills Ferrari when the check cleared. And I bought a 2004 Ferrari 360 Challenge Stradale. This is the all-time GOAT Ferrari to me. Um, It was the the most futuristic-looking car at the time. It was their, obviously, this this was their special edition Ferrari. Driving it out of the dealership, there's nothing I could even tell you. I mean, besides obviously having my kid or, you know, first time you get your dick sucked by some fine-ass girl. Um, not getting your dick sucked by some regular girl. I'm talking about, like, the, the everything about this girl is bad and everything you liked and, <laughs> you know, her mind. Um, everything, just everything you could think of, just a whole total package. Imagine that. And, like, it was just surreal pulling out of the uh, out of the the dealership and then driving straight to Koreatown. I didn't drive anywhere else. Went straight to Koreatown. Drove around the neighborhood and, and uh ran into a couple of my homies and had them drive the car and um it was crazy cuz when I got rid of my 360 it had uh 1400 miles on it. I didn't really drive it very much. Uh it was more something I was like, "All right, listen, I need to be more careful about this." I had a lot of motorcycles, but motorcycles is a whole different we're going to get into that story a little bit later. But it was more of a trophy piece that sat in the garage. 
um, when I needed to pull it out, you know, I didn't have to go too far, you know, go up to, at, far, at, at furthest, I went to Crenshaw, Malibu, and I didn't do it very often. Um, driving the 360, though, I'll tell you this, I had a straight pipe in the car. It was fucking loud as a motherfucker. It was blistering loud. Um, driving there, I kind of around Beverly Hills. I must have been pulled over once a week, every time. Way worse. Like, it's so funny when Alex Trey gets pulled over. He's getting pulled over because he's intentionally driving like a jackass, right? I get pulled over for doing nothing, just for being at a motherfucking light. And they just, you know, they just, they just lit me up all the time. Driving that 360, I will say is this. It felt like a true exotic car should feel very powerful at the time. Raw. Raw is the definite definite word that you you say for this car. It's just raw as hell. And um, there's like, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's, it's obviously finesse, but it just, it felt uninhibited. It just felt like a, it was like an exotic tiger or something. You know, it wasn't like, the cars now have a lot of control in them. Wasn't that much control in this car, you know? And speaking of cars like that, in 2005, when I picked up that Phantom and everything else, and I was dealing with these cars, I had a chance to buy a Porsche Carrera GT. And um, this was an investment thing. Got it for very close to MSRP. And um, they were going for a good amount of money. It At the time, and this is 2005, remember, I could barely handle driving this car. And I had a Hayabusa. You know, I had a fucking motorcycle that did 240 miles per hour. That was faster than shit. Um, to this day, there might not be, and I, I, I'll tell you this, 100% for sure in the greatest sounding cars ever in history, the Porsche Carrera GT has to be in the top three. But I think it could be the best sounding car ever. The movie Fracture with Anthony Hopkins and um, Ryan Gosling, I used to watch the movie over and over again just to see the beginning of the movie, just to hear the fucking car because it just sounded so insane. And the car, listen, back then, you know, stick shifts were still, you know, somewhat common. So having the way that the, the way that the manual setup was and just the way that the, the clutch was, it just kind of fucking felt weird. I just didn't, I wasn't crazy about it. It was, um, and at the same time, I only had, uh, the car didn't have 380 miles when I sold it. So, you know, I didn't drive very much, but it was fucking nasty. I lost control in it twice just fucking around and, and cold tires, car spinning out, just crazy. Um, 2008, got a Lamborghini Gallardo. Um, funny story, there was this dealership in Beverly Hills called Keylon Motors, and they had one in, in Orange County. They end up being like some fraudsters. They're Persians, and they they stole like 200 Lamborghinis from Lamborghini Incorp Corporation. Like, I don't know what the fuck, but let me be real, man. The, 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 the Gallardo... Especially driving Murcielagos and stuff, the Gallardo definitely was the the entry level Lamborghini. It just didn't feel the same. It was cool, but it wasn't the fucking Mercy. Like it just you could just tell. Like you drive the Huracan now, and you're like, wait a second, hold on. Huracan drives better than the motherfucking Aventador. It wasn't the case with this. Um, in 2013, when I had my reality show, Lexus blessed me with the Lexus LFA, and uh, they gave me the car for a year. I was able to drive the car. Uh, let me give you the truth on this car. Car sounded sick, had a great exhaust system. It looked pretty cool. It drove all right. I'll be real. This car had some miles on it, had like 11,000 miles on it, which is nothing. And I'll be real. Had a cool amount of power, not great. Um, 
but the interior of the car had that bullshit Lexus leather. I mean, we're talking about like high-end cars that are 300, 400 grand, whatever, supercar prices. It just didn't have that same feel that, you know, uh, an exotic car should have. So, you know, driving the car around was cool. It just, it just, nah, man, it just wasn't, it wasn't it. Um, the last time a car felt that way had to be the original Acura NSX the first time around, you know, um, Japanese cars just were meant to, to, to be, I mean, again, whatever, man, people are like, oh, GTRs do this, man, good, good for you, dog, go drive your GTR, um, 2011, well, in 2013, uh, Nick Diamond bought me a Ferrari 458 Italia, I had, it was a Grigio Silverstone, hand me the keys with the pink slip in it, um, I love this fucking car, this is one of the other cars, besides my 360 Challenge Stradale, that I regret getting rid of to this day, no other car that I could think of besides the other Ferrari and this Ferrari is a car I regret ever getting rid of. Um, it had every option. Let me explain something to you. If you care about cars, you care about sound, you want to hear shit, you always want to opt, no matter what, you always want to opt for the Ferrari Hi-Fi system. The Ferrari Hi-Fi system compared to the standard system is night and day. It's a fucking world of a difference. And I had the, you got to have two things, that and you got to have the suspension lifter and the parking sensors, man. And I had all of that. And this 458, let me tell you something. This was the last of the Ferraris that sounded like a fucking Ferrari. I'll tell you that straight up, no bullshit. The car drove great. It felt a little weird here and there. It definitely was fast. It was not that fast. You know, there was fucking, you know, there was E-classes that are just as fast. There's M5s out there that are just as fast, but nothing sounded like this and nothing felt like this. It just was a real exotic car. It's one of the last ones that felt so fucking good it just felt amazing um again i wish i never got rid of this fucking car stock exhaust with the sport exhaust sound fucking amazing when my boy rob got the fucking um uh kreezeg is what it was i forgot the kreezeg exhaust this fucking sounded fucking insane it was just so fucking amazing um i got rid of it to get a 2012 lamborghini aventador and uh, let me tell you something. That orange 2012 Lambie event door drove like shit. That car drove like motherfucking hell. Like straight up. That car for the first fucking hour or two, you could be sitting anywhere in traffic or anything else. It The transmission is just so rough. That car drove like shit. That car would beat you the fuck up. If you had to drive that car to Orange County, you came back and wanted to fucking kill yourself. It just was not comfortable it was scary when you went fast it felt scary so when you're going kind of like 140 it felt really fast and it just and the blind spots are really bad not only was i an idiot i got convinced by the dealer at lamborghini to get the 2014 um which was the 50th anniversary year i got a black one and i'd rather have a black car anyway so they had a black 2014 they changed the, the transmission in 13 and 14 they even upgraded it even more and yeah it drove a little better and that was when I began the K-Town Destroyer series. This uh, Lamborghini Aventador, the black one, was my first actual destroyer. Um, as my first collaboration with ADV1, we did some sick-ass wheels for the car. We ran a 2021. I ran a 20 by 13 and a half in the rear. Super aggressive offset. Um, I did a full fucking exhaust system on the car. Straight pipe. Uh, it was chipped. Uh, obviously, new suspension. It didn't need too much more. Um, and, uh, 
car sounded great but again man it drove good after you know this one definitely after 30 minutes warming it up it took some time it drove good and uh naturally aspirated it that's car sounded amazing spitfire it uh again it still felt scary when you're going fast um it was definitely had real blind spots wasn't any different from that and uh you know it just i never felt super comfortable in that car um 2016 i got the fucking second 488 gtb in the country i had the first one in cali had one before anybody um literally had the car for eight months and sold it for still um almost hundred thousand dollar profit and uh anyways got the car loved the car when i got into it was not crazy about the looks off top um this car they definitely made much much more luxurious than the 458 it didn't feel as exotic inside they had all the bells and whistles, so this had the navigation. It had all the the um, things that the 458 didn't have, and this was the first year they brought back the twin turbo since the F40, and I will say this. I did not like the 488. Sorry. Did not like the... Well, I did not like the 488 GTB. It just wasn't for me. Um, it was cool. Um, I did some ADVs on this car as well. Did all the same mods. Got a straight pipe. Um, got it tuned and everything. It just, just the car just, it didn't, I did not love this car at all whatsoever. I hated the fucking low red line. And um, it just, um, it drove fast though. I'll tell you this. It was very smooth. Going 160 in this car was smooth as shit. It, uh, only thing I was scared was that was that you're like, oh shit, going 160, I should slow down. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting rid of it. And um, in 2016, I picked up a 911 GT3 RS white. This was probably my favorite driving car I've ever fucking owned. Next to obviously my Pista now, but the GT3 RS, you get in this car and you're an okay driver, you all of a sudden become a track star. You're like a fucking, you're, you're a professional race car. You're Michael Schumacher. This car drove so fucking good. And, um, I remember I had roll cage in it, you know, I had it fucking slammed. You could you can adjust the actual stock suspension. Um I put some uh some rotiforms on there, which I regret doing that. I wish I did some a better wheel, but um they're a good quamp company. I just I just it just would have put a higher quality wheel. Um Bowden did um some shitty headers on it and they did a straight pipe. It sounded like fucking heaven. It was this is the meanest motherfucking car next to the fucking Crayer GT. This car sounded like fucking death. It sounded like a motherfucking UFO was landing on earth when I would come around a corner. This car sounded fucking crazy. And, you know, the headers that fucking boat, the Bona just did some shitty ass work on the car. And there was a fucking hole in the headers. There was a fucking hole in my goddamn fucking exhaust system. It was just fucked up. But I ended up getting rid of this car, sold it for a profit, and then picked up a paint to sample GT3 RS in black because black was not an option car was completely clear broad had every possible thing i wanted it had ninety thousand dollars in carbon fiber tech art on it this car i also did um i did a full system on the car tune everything let me tell you some again this was grace jones i love this motherfucking car that was k-town destroyer four i believe um car drove fucking amazing the gt3 rs Especially, listen, if you had the 2.0 or the 0.2, I mean, the 991.2, wow. 
991.2 G3 3RS is probably the best, one of the best driving supercars there is in the world. Um, unfortunately, I got rid of the car, made a profit, ended up buying a McLaren 675 LT. I had heard so much about it. They said this was so much better than the fucking 488. Let me tell you something. I have been on the track twice in the last 10 years. Not that I care so much about that. It's just that I get nuts on the streets. I don't fuck around. Like I will drive 185, 190 on the motherfucking public highway. I get nasty in the canyons. No one has time to go drive fucking two hours or hour and a half away and go to a track. I just, I don't have that kind of time. Um, The McLaren 675 LT is definitely a car that was built for the track. This car was not built for the street. It drove cool. I had this car a very short amount of time. I, I, I was slightly disappointed. It drove cool. It looked cool. You could not even make a fucking U-turn on like even a, a pretty decent sized street. Car's turning ratio sucked. Um, this was a f- straight race car. This is a car that was built for the track. It wasn't built for anything else. Um, again, after saying that, I didn't love the Aventador so much. It looked great. Obviously, great gets a great bunch of looks. It's the full size, you know, flagship fucking Lambo car. The doors go up. But the car just didn't do it for me. Ended up picking up an Aventador SV. And don't ask why. Again, yeah, it drove a little better. Still, let me just tell you, this was just a flex move. Um, Just wasn't, it wasn't it. Um, Don't give a fuck. The Aventador is a cool car if you don't care about actually getting nasty in the car it's just and again if you really if you're a good ass driver you can't yeah cool but you have to work 10 times harder you know it's a great looking car but you said they work so much. it's just no not for me they should have been fucking stopped making the event store in, in, in 15 or 16 but they kept going with the s and all this other shit like dude stop svj like are you, are you serious right now um in 2018 i got a mclaren 720s and let me tell you something real quick this is the fastest motherfucking car i've ever owned it is dangerously fast. It is insanely light. The GT3 RS was, I thought, the lightest car I've had. The 720S is even lighter than that. Way more horsepower. I was pushing like over 900 horsepower in this car. Drives fast as fucking shit. It has crazy fucking handling and everything else, but definitely still feels very light in the ass. It feels dangerous. Um, there's a lot of fucking electrical issues with the car. There was, I had, the car was in the shop a lot, but the car looks fucking amazing. It drove good. It just, they made too many. The fucking value on the car dropped like a motherfucker. If I didn't give a fuck about that, I would have just kept it just to have it. Then they started building all this other shit. And then just people just, you would see corny motherfuckers get them. And it just, just, it just, it ruined the nostalgia for me and it just, whatever. But um, before I get into the, the, the final most current car, I did pick up two shooting brakes uh, I had a 2015 Ferrari FF. I love this motherfucking car to death. Let me tell you something. I always wanted one ever since I seen one in 2012 when they first came out. I remember my boy Ferrari Chad. He 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 pulled one out one time on a quick strike. I always wanted one. Finally, I found a great deal on one. I went and just bought it. Um, threw some Forgiatos on it. Even with the stock wheels, looked amazing. All it needed was some paint accents. Uh to paint the, the the reflectors and I had that bitch lowered and I had a full exhaust in my car. This motherfucking car drove great. Handling on the car, fucking amazing. Gas mileage sucks. Yeah, but come on, man. Who, are you really doing that? You know, it had the hi-fi system. 
It had everything I needed. I, I love this car. This car, my kids love the car. It felt like a real exotic car. There was really nothing that I had to complain about this car except that the battery was really shitty in this car. So once you replace that with the interstate from Ferrari, um, there was no issues after that. Unfortunately, I was driving down the 118 freeway and um, a pickup truck in front of me had some like sheet metal and some other shit. And next thing you know, fucking sheet metal hit the ground. Boom. I couldn't get out of the fucking way. I had a car to the left of me and the right of me. I ran over the shit. It destroyed the car. Car was totaled out. I ended up picking up 2018 Ferrari GTC4 Lusso, which is the predecessor of the car. And I will say this. I love the car. Overall, I think I, I like the FF more, but this car has way more luxurious features. It had the better interior. It has the way one million times percent better interface and infotainment center and the, the navigation setup and just whole thing. Stereo system inside the GTC4 Lusso could be the nicest stereo system I've ever had in any car over the Bentley, over the Burmeister and the fucking and the Benz, over everything. The panoramic roof in the GTC4 Lusso is just insane. My car, my kids still love this car. Um, it drives great. I currently own it. It is my daily. I love it. It's a, it's a great car. It is. Um, I don't know what what what, what it is. Just something something's something wrong with me. And uh, but uh, but I love it. Um, now down to the final most. What do you call it? Uh, my actual current and latest and greatest. What is this? Hold on. Three, four, five, six, seven. Is that right? Are we on K-Town Destroyer 8? I thought we were on 7. Oh, no. No, no, we are. Okay. So K-Town Destroyer 7 is my 2020 Ferrari Pista, a 488 Pista. Listen, I love this car. This is not the regular 488 GTB. They, they juiced it up. The red line's higher. It sounds better. It feels better. Everything about this car screams exotic. The looks of this car. This is the best looking exotic car I've ever owned. This thing drives fucking amazing. Mind you, I still only have about 20 or 30 miles on the car, but I've taken this thing 190, um, well, 188. Um, it drives fucking insane. This is the best handling car. Yes, even more so than the, than the GT3 RS, it drives incredible. It is fast as fuck. Stock out the box is faster than a 720S. Um, once you tune the 720S, you can do so much to it, but this car is a fucking beast. If you ever have a chance to obviously pick up a Pista, grab one. Uh, I declined getting the, the, the F8 Tributo, not getting one. Um, I have an SF90 coming. I don't know if I'm going to take delivery of the SF90. If I do, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. We'll see. Um, but I'm curious to see what the hybrid drive is like. But I will tell you this. I'm not going to sell this 2020 Ferrari Pista. I love this fucking car. It drives so good. I've taken it on the canyons. It's solid. It drives great on the street. It sounds fucking good. Everything in this car is just perfection. All right? And I know I mentioned that I almost bought a LaFerrari this Christmas. Um, I really almost did. So fucking funny, man. Tyler fucking texts me. He's like, yo, if you're not going to get it, let me get it. No, fuck that, Tyler. <laughs> I still might do something. I don't know yet. But thank God I held off. Um, that is every single car that I've owned since I turned 16. And that is a very special episode. And I'm glad to have shared this with you guys. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Listen, again, for the weekend wrap-up coming up, you already know. 
leave some uh, leave a five star review on the Apple iOS podcast page on our podcast page for Behind the Baller and leave a question and get answered. Um, new merch will be coming soon. If there's anything I forgot, I apologize. But Miles Jordan, please, can you take us out with some of that Lakey Lake? God bless you. all